So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 10, Episode 13 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Rob is still angry about being disrespected. Ashley and Manuel bang one out in a public bathroom. Clayton finally gets Annalie to post on social media and also have sex with him. Sam learns literally the first thing he needs to know about Islam before Go Citra's family arrives. Gino re-re-proposes to Jasmine. And Igor is still hung up on this whole threesome thing. If you watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other podcast, Love After Lockup MK, where we're covering the current season of Life After Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, cold, I guess. It's like actually snowing here for the first time in like three years. So oh, goodness. Now we're holding on to see if it sticks and what's going on with the school and then all that stuff. So fun, fun. And it's going to be a whole thing where snow days like during finals week. That's just fantastic. Oh, wonderful. So uh, (laughs) let's talk about a couple who just escaped the snow, and that's Gino and Jasmine. So Gino is planning something special. Jasmine loves surprises, but she's becoming impatient. She just wants to know what it is. Jasmine's wearing a dress that accentuates all her fake parts. Gino says it's their last night, and they're starting off at dinner uh, by a rooftop pool where he has rose petals sprinkled in a pathway. Jasmine is speechless because she claims the only surprises Gino leaves her is his shit because he always forgets to flush the toilet. How do you forget to flush the toilet? I don't, I don't know. know how that happens. I don't know. Especially when it's a shit. Like, yes. That's a reminder, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, it, use your senses. Jeez, yes, Gino. use all, of, all five of your senses. <laughs> yes. Gino toasts their bright future. Jasmine is feeling good about what Gino is willing to do for her and her kids. Jasmine tells Gino that he's not really her type, and her type is more like Dane, blonde hair and blue eyes. And Gino is shocked because he points out that Dane has so many wrinkles around his eyes, like, Gino's so much better than Dane. Jasmine points out that it doesn't matter what Gino looks like, that's not really the point of her bringing this up, it's just like that they have real love. Jasmine thinks that she can be a real bitch, and Gino agrees, and she wants to be kinder like him. Jasmine says that she wants to be a better person, so she brings up how she really wants to try to get along with Gino's family, and she wants them to be included in the wedding, which brings Gino to tears. Gino is just really happy, and Jasmine didn't realize that this was hurting him as badly as it is, and she says of course she will try. She apologizes to him, and they hug. Jasmine says that Gino doesn't cry, so it's strange for her to see him like this. Gino has a bag that he pulls out and then has another surprise for her and pulls out a ring box from the bag. He asks Jasmine to marry him in Spanish. What engagement number is this? It's like three, three, I think. I think it's three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every every season we've seen them on, there is an engagement. I I think he's done one, she's done one, and now we have this one. But I feel like she, okay, I feel like there's a fourth one in there too, because wasn't there (laughs) two engagement rings? There was he gave the original one, then he she lost it, so he proposed with that one when her sister was oh, around. Right, the one that didn't she chuck the one into the woods? Yeah, like, after she found out about the pictures. Mm. Right, and then she proposed to him. This is their fourth one. Okay, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so uh, Gino admits that the first ring he proposed to Jasmine with was very cheap, so he wants to propose to her with an upgraded ring. Jasmine says that the first one meant a lot to her, but she knew how cheap it was. 
Gino tells her that this diamond is real. They toast to each other. They're now packing up to leave, and Jasmine questions why they have to leave Miami. Jasmine is feeling guilty because she's still hiding the source of money for her butt lift, but she worries since she loves the new them in Miami and thinks that this trip was great that, you know, this might cause some drama. Jasmine admits that she borrowed $2,000 from Dane as a loan. He then let her have the money as her wedding gift. So she tells Gino this, and he points out that this is the man that Jasmine lied about cheating on him with. Gino doesn't get mad, but he says that it killed the momentum of their trip. He does see the hypocrisy of Jasmine lying when he hid the bachelor party. Gino thought Jasmine and Dane would stop talking once she was in the U.S., but now he's worried and says that the situation is just not good. And in the previews, we see them just really fighting. So I feel like in this episode, we have once again seen the highs and lows of Gino and Jasmine. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just I don't care about this couple anymore. I do, yeah, I don't I don't really either. Like it's one of those things that it's like because they're going to get to the point they're going to get married. Yeah, like, of we course they're going to get, get married. married. Whatever fight they have next week is going to be big and explosive yeah. and then it's going to go away. Like and then nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Nobody's yeah. going to change or anything. They're just going to fight for a while. He's going to make stupid faces. She's mm-hmm. going to say crazy things. And then there's going to be another proposal. They're going to keep proposing to each other after they're married. Oh, God. Like, you know this, right? right. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, yeah. I mean, I believe this because we've already seen four proposals televised. (laughs) Like, how many more could we possibly have? Yeah. I mean, and this was – this one was clearly – it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be because he didn't do it for a reason of like, well, we're doing really good. So I feel like now's a good time to ask her to marry me as much as it was like she wants a better ring. We've okay. known from day one that she wants a better ring. Yeah. So this is how I will present to her the better ring. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I don't really care about them so much, so we can move on if you'd like. <laughs> Moving on to – okay, let's only move on to something juicy because I have lots of things to say about Ashley and Manuel. Oh, gosh. Um, so we're still upset. Ashley's still upset. She's back in the coffee shop because Manuel – we were, they had a fight about how much money she's spending to her family. She feels unappreciated. So she goes to the back room and just starts ranting at the, at the crew for it. Production, whatever. So she's like, whatever. You're going to do Your family didn't come first. The wedding comes first. Whatever was left over. She basically says the wedding comes first. And so the family's just got to wait. And she's over having this conversation. She doesn't want to do it anymore. So she come back to typical Manuel being a smart ass uh, talking. And she doesn't really say anything except for we're going to the airmo- airport. Vamos. Like, mm. so they get up and walk out of the coffee shop and actually – uh, says that she feels empathy for Manuel's situation, but doesn't feel like that empathy that she has for him is returned. So that means she really doesn't have empathy. I don't know. So he said, and he, she says he doesn't appreciate the struggle that she had to bring him here on her back. She keeps saying that. I brought him yeah. on my back. Everything was on my it's back. Like, did you physically carry him? Why do you <laughs> yeah. keep saying that? Yes. So outside the cafe, Manuel says that he'd rather, you know what? If it's going to be like this, I'd rather stay here and you can just go to the airport with my friend by yourself, which would be awkward, but not as awkward as what they do to him later. So she says that she'll feel better after he apologizes, but he doesn't want to do that. And so they like holler. He's sitting on the wall next to the sidewalk. She's walking to the car. And I don't know what ends up happening. Um, so he ends up uh, telling her to just stop acting crazy and stuff. And in an interview, he tells us that he didn't do anything wrong. The problem is that she doesn't have any empathy for him. So – but then I was confused at this point because out of nowhere, the next thing we see is he's apologizing to her. And yeah. 
because he just doesn't want to argue anymore. And apparently for this couple, no argument can be officially over and they can't move on past any argument until they have sex. So they just leave Manuel's friend in the parking lot while they go back into the coffee shop bathroom and have sex in the bathroom. He's like sitting there checking his watch. Like he's going to be late for his flight. Like we hear noise. They they, they turn off their microphones and there's like sex noises. And he's just sitting there sitting at the coffee table while they're having sex in the, in the bathroom over there. And, you know, they are so so bizarre. The producers ask ask her what they did in there. And she coyly doesn't say, she was like, I just need to use the bathroom and I needed to have company. So she says that, in an interview basically later that, you know, sex is a good time, but the issues that they have are still there and she can't be with a man that just runs away from conversation like that. So although I was confused though, because apparently if you sex your way out of a conversation, that's okay. But walking away from conversation, (laughs) no. So anyway, later on back at home, Ashley talks to Manuel about, (laughs) about the tomfoolery at the coffee shop and how that just can't happen again. Whether I don't know whether she meant she was talking about the public argument they had or the bathroom sex they had afterwards. <laughs> well, obviously that can happen again. <laughs> she said so. She lights a bunch of candles to change the energy, and Manuel is like, "Wait, who died? Why are there so many candles around? This looks like a funeral." So then she goes on a whole big explanation in English about crystals and stones and chakras, and so I didn't understand what she was talking about at all because I don't I, buy into yeah. any of that stuff. So let alone if if she was speaking it in a different, completely different language. He just is standing there with a rock clutched to his chest. um, And he's just like, you know what? It's, she's swinging rocks around. So this is the time when I'm just going to shut up and do what I'm told. (laughs) (laughs) So he does suggest after she, after she, she, anyway, he does suggest after she leaves that maybe they should cleanse Rico too, because he's kind of stinky. (laughs) So then Ashley is, is out and on her way to a choreography lesson. So apparently uh, her sister has choreographed a sexy dance for her, for the three, for her, her sister, and her friend to do at the wedding. Because one of the things she knows about Manuel is how much she li- he likes sexy dancing. So her sister Sienna is a dance instructor, and so is teaching things. So they rehearse for a while and then sit down to talk, most about mostly about this last incident at the coffee shop. So they are rightly mortified by the public bathroom sex. They're like, it's not even like. I, for different reasons than I am. It's dirty and gross, acknowledged, right? But they're just like, they stick on the dirty and gross. Sienna doesn't understand how things really are because it seems like every time that she hears about those relationships, it's like a yo-yo. It's the worst. It's the best. It's great. I'm going to murder him. Like, and then (laughs) she tells us about the perceived ungratefulness and they're of course on her side. So she, uh, uh, Ashley is very, still says she's very enthusiastic about marrying him and she loves him, but both her friend and her sister seem to think that both Ashley and Manuel imagine that all the problems they're having once they get married is going to dissolve into thin air. And of course they won't. So I think to me, the most disturbing part of the banging out in the bathroom that we had okay, was that she didn't even seem like she wanted to do it. She was just like, all right, fine. Well, we have to get end this fight here. somehow. Let's go. Yeah. Like, jeez. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't necessarily have that perception, but I now that you say that, yeah. But I didn't know if it was just because she was trying to be kind of more coy about it and like covert about it. So I kind of just assumed that was the reason she wasn't trying to be super obvious, you know, but it seemed like they kind of both knew 
what the goal was. Oh, yeah, they know what the goal was. But I think I, it, it just strikes me as, and this is concerning on different levels, mm-hmm. that she's just like, fine, you apologize. We need to move on. But I literally will not be able to move on. I will not be able to be in a better mood. I will still be pissy at you until we do it. Like, and so we got to do it real quick. We can't go back home and do it and things. We got to just do it here. Fine, whatever. And then it's just, I'm disturbed at the amount of, and yes, sex is fun and puts people in a better mood. But the amount of change that doing it once has on her mood levels is very concerning to me. <laughs> You're like, oh, are you like a sex addict, a nymphomaniac? Like, Yeah, it's – well, no, because I imagine nymphomaniacs want to – she just – it's just like it, – it, it, it's almost like it's a drug, okay, which we do with addicts, right? She's in such a bad, pissy mood and they go – you know, do it and, and they, you know, have a quickie in the bathroom. So it's not like it's going to be the most amazing sex you've ever had, right? It's just right. going to be whatever. And comes out and is just like a completely different person. And it's like, did you, yeah, did you, did you have sex in the bathroom? Did you do lines of coke in there too? Like, oh, what, do you, what did you do that, like, you were completely different, like five minutes later? Like, it, it shouldn't have that big of an impact on your day. Yeah, I don't know what her deal is, but I can't relate to that whole thing anyway. Um, I just no, don't yeah, here, yeah. understand why, you know, like their relationship seems pretty shitty, yes. you know, and mm-hmm. they, it, you know, for her to defend how much she loves him, how much like, you know, to her sister who very clearly sees like this relationship doesn't seem healthy. It doesn't seem stable. How are you going to marry this person? And like questioning it. And then it's like, even Ashley will admit to us like on camera that things aren't that great, you know? And then it's like, she is so defensive of her relationship to everyone else. Like even when they were wedding dress shopping, she was the same thing, like talking about him, like in a way to her friends and family that are like, is different than what she says to us on camera. And it's different than what – certainly different than what she says to him. Yeah. Right? Like the, the people who hear about how much they love you the most should be the actual person. Right? Right. It's just, and it's tough to relate to because not everybody – and we've seen more people. We see like Gino specifically is somebody I'm thinking of who arguments turn them off. Right? Yeah. And so they're like – and it's like – she's like, why do we never have sex? He's like, because we're fighting all the time and I don't want to do it when we're fighting. Right? Whereas she's just like those emotions of frustration and anger – and horniness are just like way too closely tied <laughs> in mm-hmm. her brain. And it, but that's what I'm saying. She legit says, I said it during my thing that like, oh, well, I can't have somebody that doesn't want to finish the conversation and come to a conclusion. And she never finishes the conversation and has right. a conclusion. She just bangs it out and moves on and is done yeah. with it for now. And then yeah. it's going to come back later. Right. But you're right. It doesn't seem like, it seems like the person she's describing to her friends and family to defend herself is yeah. a completely different person than a person she's in the relationship with. Right. No, exactly. Well, speaking of people who are libido is down once they argue, and let's talk about Nikki and Igor. So Nikki goes to nail salon to fix her nails for the engagement party, she says. Nikki says that she is trying to understand Igor since he speaks a different language and has a different culture. Nikki isn't even sure the engagement party is going to happen, but she can't have a broken nail for that. She is talking to the nail technician about Igor, saying that they have problems because he doesn't seem to want to have sex with her as much as he did when they first got together. She says it's like once a week right now. Nikki asks the nail technician if that's normal for Moldovan men, and the nail technician just says, no, it's not normal. (laughs) 
Nikki is trying to speak with an accent for some reason. I thought it was so bizarre and asks if men want to feel like they are in control. The nail technician agrees. Nikki says that she has to break that side of Igor because he can't live like that in America, not with her at least. The nail technician says that Nikki should just find an American man then. Igor has planned a swan boat ride for Nikki. He's being nice and romantic since it's one of Nikki's last days. She's not really into it because she's wearing heels and she's struggling to get into the actual boat. Igor says that he's trying to show her how sweet he can be. Igor says that this boat ride is like their relationship. They both have to pedal together as a team to really get anywhere. Nikki says that when he shows love and shows affection, she feels like really lucky and happy. They both seem to want it to work. Nikki says that she wants to have the engagement party the next day because she believes Igor thinks, uh, well, because she believes in this relationship. Igor thinks that they haven't tried to understand each other, which is kind of an issue. He says that she wants more intimacy. And by telling her that he wants a threesome, that was his attempt at being vulnerable and hoped that it would bring more intimacy into their lives. Nikki kind of rolls her eyes and says, dream on. Igor says his mind is in love with her, but his body is not. He thinks that a threesome will help them to have sex without him having to cheat on her. Nikki says that a threesome won't happen unless they have resolved their intimacy issues. She says that if they have a lady-lady-man threesome, then she will want a man-man-lady threesome. Igor does not want to see someone having sex with Nikki, and Nikki asks why it's okay for her to watch Igor have sex with another woman. And Igor starts to laugh, which pisses Nikki off. Igor then says he doesn't have the energy to have this argument and he has too much stress. Nikki thinks that he doesn't want to take any accountability for when he does or says something wrong. Igor tells her to talk to herself as he walks off. Nikki wonders if this relationship is a dead end. Okay, Mm -hmm. do you think this relationship is a dead end? Yes, this relationship is a dead end. Like they don't, they don't want remotely the same thing out of the relationship dynamics, out of uh, their sex lives. He's not really attracted to her. Yeah. Like it's not, it, it, I can't see it working at all. Right. I mean, the red flag to me, or I should even say nail in the coffin to me was mm-hmm. when he said he was in love with her mind, but not her body. Like yeah. right there that tells you like, This is the reason why you guys haven't been having sex, why intimacy is such a problem. He does not find you physically attractive, whether it's a mental block or a physical, like he's just physically not attracted to her. Like it's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. And which is the reason he's bringing up just the the, the threesome thing, which is a ridiculous thing for him to bring up. It did Mm -hmm. not work last time. Right. And it's like, yes, you kind of backdoored it this time, but. Yeah, and that's why that conversation went the way it did, right? He's more or less – and it, because of his clumsy English, I think he's a little more forward than I think he means to be. Sure. And he's just like, well, yeah, but that way there can be intimacy and you're there, but I get yeah. to have sex with somebody else. Right, and it doesn't count right. as cheating. Like yeah. that sounds like a great idea to me. Yeah. Like fantastic. I get to have sex. We get to be naked together, but I get to have sex with somebody that I want to have sex with. How's that? Yeah. And she's like, no, what the hell? Like, that's not how it works at all. Like, she was 100% in the right, like, with with, with that conversation, right? Oh, yeah. We've said it before. We've said it again because people are always asking for threesomes on these shows. It's not something that doesn't work if everybody's into it. But 
your love life and your sex life and your relationship has to be super strong absent that, right? right? You can't be a rock. It's not, it's like, let's have a threesome to save the relationship. It's not going to save the relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, totally fair. It's like, well, if you get two ladies, then we'll do it another time where I get two guys. And like the fact that he's just like, no, like why? Yeah. That tells you that he's not actually open to threesomes. Yes. Right. He's open to having sex with another woman Yeah, where it doesn't count as cheating. Right. Like that's all he's interested in. Right, right. That just, yeah, that's not going to work for this relationship. Yeah. Um, I feel like there, it seems like they only have two more days left in Moldova. So, you know, there's – and it seems like an odd <sighs> version of 90 Day for them to be on because he's not coming to America. We know that, no. right? Nope, nope. But I, I get where it is because they're already engaged. So it's not really a before the 90s situation, right? right? Yeah. Um. So – that's where that comes. I mean, the other thing that bothered the thing that bothered me about Nikki going backward is to one, is she gonna ask every woman in Moldova if Moldovan men like sex? Is this you normal? Know, like, <laughs> do your guys like to have sex? Is that a normal thing? That people like you or do Moldovan men just like uniquely among all the men in the world not like sex? Like <laughs> right. yeah. Um that and then what was with her going into the accent? He talked to me know. like I lit, like I not good and like what are you? Why I know are you it was so that? weird. I was like I don't know. I I don't know if that's like a common thing. I don't think it is, right? Usually, there's that thing when somebody doesn't under, you don't think someone understands English where you talk slower and louder. Yeah, but I've not seen with an that accent. A lot. Not going into let me let me try to imitate the accent of the person. Yeah, <laughs> and on top of that, speak to in broken English. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense to me either. It's so weird. And she doesn't do that with him either. In fact, maybe it would be helpful if she did that with him more so than the nail technician. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. All right. Next up, let's talk. Oh, wait, we're not in it very long. We'll talk Sophie and Rob. Like, we just got a little bit of them. Mm-hmm. So Rob is still very upset that he's being judged by people that don't know what a hard time is. So he's like, I'm out here doing uh, – he says he says a lot of things. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Like he's yelling about like, I'm out of here doing it by myself. I don't have anybody else. I don't have roommates. And I was like, I'm also just like, well, that's your choice not to have roommates. That's right. not like you don't have well, help. Well, okay. like, also you can't have roommates in that space. Right. Well, yeah, he could. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it's like, him like, I'm out here doing it all by myself. I don't have a job. How am I supposed to get stuff? I'm like, well, that's, yeah, you could have roommates and do a little bit. That was an option available to you, man. Right. Like, anyway, um, so Sophia and Claire are like, Claire's just back to being like, whatever, he's just robbed the knob. Like, we'll, we'll go out to lunch. So Sophie's analysis of the situation is jo- Rob is just being mean and taking things like way too personally. So, of course, back with him, he thinks that they're being unfair because he doesn't have anybody helping him out. They don't know what it's like. I don't have parents. I don't have nothing. Like, they don't have they don't know how to live their lives where if they don't hold it down, it's it's their ass and nobody's gonna come to save you. And I have news for Rob. That's what everybody does. <laughs> yeah, um, that's adulting, dude. That's just called being an adult. That, that's <laughs> yeah. how it works. Um, so anyway, he's really upset that they can just come into his place, which it's not like he's living in squalor, and tell him what to do. So apparently Sophie and Claire can hear all of his ranting, like in the room <laughs> while he's ranting to the producers. And Claire's confused. He's like, she was like, wait, when he's saying they, does that mean us? Is he talking about us? <laughs> and Sophie's just like, just ignore him. So Sophie tells that – can tell that he's super envious of her upbringing and is really re- seems to resent her for it. So they have to pass him in the because he's sitting in the courtyard when they leave for lunch. 
And Sophie lets him know that we can hear all your ranting and it's pretty disrespectful. So Claire tries to smooth things over a bit by apologizing for raging her voice, even though she's not taking back what she said. So now, after disrespectfully ranting about her, he doesn't get why Sophie doesn't seem to be on his team. <laughs> like, I feel like she's supposed to be on my team. Like, she always takes sides against me. So then he thinks that he also is upset that there doesn't seem to be one thought in her head about um, – you know, defend, be thinking of him as her future husband. So she should be teaming up with him and as a future husband, he just, he just doesn't get it. All right. So he doesn't get it. Can you explain why he might not be on Sophie's team? Why Sophie might not take up on his team in these arguments? Because she's not trying to get stuck in this situation, right? Uh, she do, she wants things to change. And I think by taking his side on this she is admitting that everything is good enough and he won't feel a need to have to change anything. So mm -hmm. she is team mom on this because she doesn't want to live like this. And all that other stupid stuff, Rob ranting and things like that, that's like kind of not really the point. And I think it's like more of a distraction to the real point here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, I, I was I was frustrated with him being like, well, they don't know what it's like for if, if you mess up and you don't do what you're supposed to do, it's your ass. And I was like, yes, they do. That's everybody. That's life, yeah. That's every – like because if they mess up, just because they mess up doesn't mean dad's going to be there to bail them out. They might be – dad might be like, no, I can't do it this time, right? Right. Like, even if they have that support that he is so clearly, clearly jealous of, um, like that doesn't mean you you get to do whatever you want and there's no consequences for what you do. Like it's yeah. still your ass if you mess up when you're an adult. Yeah, I mean, who, we still are unclear of who has the money because it doesn't seem like it's Claire specifically. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It sounded like it was Sophie's dad um, who had the Sophie's money. Sophie's dad. But then how does that help Claire? You know, does well, Claire also she's, come from money? Unless she's getting like alimony payments from him or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, and so it would help be helpful to know. But like he has to acknowledge that this is not an acceptable way to live. To raise a family. And what he wants to do is raise a family. Yeah. Right. He talks about the the thing of wanting it. Like, so like that's more or less all they're telling him. And I think you're right. Sophie knows him well enough that if she takes his side and defends him for this being good enough right now, mm -hmm. then never he's going to hear that as that's good enough forever. Yeah. And we're fine. And I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And nobody wants that. No, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You should want a bathroom. In your house. Oh, my That's gosh. not too much to ask. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of bathrooms, let's talk about Clayton and Annalie because where we left off, Annalie is in a bathroom. Uh, Clayton is confused why Annalie is crying. He's outside the bathroom door trying to talk to her. Clayton thinks that Annalie tries to avoid anything that is difficult. Annalie finally opens the door. She says that she is feeling overwhelmed and ready to give up and go back home to hug her mom. She moves to the couch where she's on her phone, avoiding eye contact with Clayton. She is still crying, saying that he will never respect her decisions and she's just tired. Clayton can't imagine that the situation with her dad is so serious that she's willing to throw away their two-year relationship, especially since they're engaged. Clayton says that he doesn't like feeling like he's being hidden because he's dated people who hid him where his exes didn't post about him ever on social media and they actually ended up cheating on him. He thinks it's important that uh, Annalie isn't hiding him. Annalie says she hasn't posted him on her social media because she didn't want her dad to find out. 
which is basically hiding him. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. But anyways, she says that she realizes that posting him on her social media will make him happy. So she can do that for him. Clayton kisses her and is very happy. And Annalie not only posted a picture of them, but also a very sweet message about their relationship. Later, they rent Surrey's to bike around town in. During this expedition, Annalie starts her list of things that she wants at the wedding, which includes a llama. Clayton tells her that they have a budget, but he understands that she wants elements of her culture in the wedding, so he suggests possibly a goat instead. Which, I don't know why he says that. Goats aren't really Peruvian, but whatever. They're not llamas either. Like, that's the closest thing you could think of to a llama, I guess. Well, let's go with guinea pigs if he really wants to keep – he can bring his guinea pigs to be part – not as food, but as part of – Keep going because he has an idea. When she said guinea pigs, he has a different idea of what to bring. Oh, gosh. Well, I I forgot. (laughs) What did he say? Oh, you can get to it. He calls his sister to ask, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he says he wants – a guy in a guinea pig suit. Oh, gosh. No, <laughs> and I didn't get that part. No, no, no. So uh, Clayton suggests that they ask his sister Brandy for help with the wedding planning because she's been married and divorced three times. So she definitely has experience with planning. They video call Brandy and Annalie asks Brandy to throw her a bachelorette party. Brandy already had some things planned and Annalie covers Clayton's ears as she says that she wants strippers. Annalie wants an American bachelorette, which she thinks means a crazy party with strippers. They tell Brandy about the guinea pigs and the llamas they want, and Brandy is clearly annoyed and just simply says she's not doing that. So you said that she suggested the mm-hmm. uh, dressing up as a guinea pig or – Yeah, yes. God, stupid. Like, she, yeah, it was just, there was some, at some point there was talk of someone dressing up like a guinea pig, which is okay. Like – I couldn't. No, that's bad because I mean I get that guinea pigs are part of Peruvian culture, but not in the same way that we think of guinea pigs. And so it's like, right? Yeah, yeah there's yeah. going to be confusion there because you know the culture part <laughs> says that it's food, and you yeah. guys are saying it's a pet, and that's going to be very tragic and traumatic for people who are confused about like, should right? we be like this is a friendly like cutesy thing or this is dinner time? Yeah, are, you, are we going to slaughter these guinea pigs? I'm oh, very confused. God, I know, right? Why are there chickens at your wedding? I don't I'm confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Um, okay, so what do you think about Annalie like basically hiding Clayton from her dad? And I feel like this is just a quick fix. Her dad's gonna see this, but well, what what, I don't know. what did she specifically post? I think it I, was hard to say because it was in Spanish. So was it something that could have plausibly been like, that's my friend? Like there was a there was heart emojis in it, whatever she did. Okay. So it very much, very clearly conveyed that they were together. Okay. Okay. That's that's Which is why I think he was really happy about the post in the first place. Right, right. And I get where he's coming from with that, because like I do feel like in the experience of everybody I've ever had that's been like Oh man, I really he wouldn't post anything about social me on, on with me about social media and he was really secret about it and everything was private and it was kind of weird. Like I feel like 9 times out of 10 that person's cheating on you. Like that's why they're doing that, right? And I don't think Clayton has that suspicion yet, but whenever you get the feeling that like you're hiding me from being a part of your life, you're like why are you doing that? Yeah. Right? And that's eventually going to be something you think about a reason why they might be doing that. Why am I yeah. – I want my social media to look like I don't have a boyfriend. Like that's – Right, especially if he has experience with like a cheating situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean I've been 
hidden by my first boyfriend in college and it was a pretty shitty feeling and it was and it's also like when you're young it's just like why like as an adult you're just like why do you do these things like at the time it was because he didn't want to hurt his roommate's feelings because his roommate had a crush on me so his solution to it was just to hide the relationship from everyone and it was like months and months and months i think it was like four or five months or something we had to hide this relationship which meant having to sneak out of windows sometimes which is like the most ridiculous thing (sighs) yeah yeah i just i'm just yeah especially that that college relationship with roommates and stuff was like if anybody knows anything about anything it was my roommate because that's where (laughs) we were we were just in the room most of the time like like right so my gosh yeah that is that is kind of wild and it's like so and I get it's just because she's – it's that because she's scared of her dad, right? And yeah. I just I, – I feel like it wasn't until this conversation that somehow she realized – I don't know why it took for this, but because, between this and the fact that they actually had sex, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Is that like she realized, oh, I'm basically rejecting this guy. Like I've mm-hmm. already like halfway broken up with him and – or like he believes that we're almost basically already broken up. Because yeah. I won't tell anybody about them and we're not having sex. And so that's probably not good, right? And right. so – because there's nothing that he did that ended up being like, well, now this guy is attractive to me again, right? It wasn't – it was a Didn't weird – Didn't he do something on this episode? There was something that it was like, oh, gosh, this is the reason why she's not attracted to. And I couldn't remember what it is now, but oh, I was just like – It was before or after they did it, like – it was after, I think, but I uh, remember thinking like, oh, gosh, this is the reason why she doesn't find you attractive. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things he does that makes me think I'm not find him attractive. But like, I don't know if it was the renting, the renting the thing and then going out. But like, I legit thought her wedding list was a joke. Yeah. Well, actually, I was surprised that she's this is the most excited she has seemed about anything. Mm-hmm. In this entire season. So the fact that she was excited about the wedding, I was like, maybe she does like this guy because everything up until this point, you're kind of like, this girl doesn't even like this guy. It does. And you know what? The other thing is, is I feel like I feel like the person she really doesn't like is his mom. Yeah, and that's when true. mom's around her, all of her sexual and other energy just goes just yeah. is on the floor empty. Now, they've been in San Diego for a week. It's been like. I'm charging up. I'm charging up. And now my energy <laughs> level and my liking you level is to a point where we can do it again. And they're going to go back and mom's going to be there and she's just going to be like, boom. Yeah. Because like, she already, she said something about like moving to San Diego and she's like, she is not living in her closet in San Diego. Like, <laughs> yeah. which I mean, your mother-in-law shouldn't live in your closet, man. Like it's not, no that's not too much No one should be living ask. in the closet, uh, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But legit, like it was – I thought it was like – you know how you go on like rants? You'll be like – you know, you go off of like, oh, you're Italian. I guess we'll have to have like a leaning – we'll have a we'll have a coliseum at the wedding and we'll do a leaning tower of pizza cake. Ha, ha, yeah, we'll ha. Like, I thought she was joking. we'll have a pasta station, although yeah, like, I would want a pasta oh, station. A pasta station would be fine though. I could see a wedding <laughs> with a pasta station. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, we'll have a big guy and a, a, a mustache do the wedding. Like, right. Like, Mamma mia, I was doing that. I can't, but like, I thought it was all like, haha, what are Peruvian things? Ha ha ha. That wouldn't that be funny to have at the wedding? Oh, a meatball dispenser, but I would want that too. Yeah, I could see that. It would go <laughs> at the end of the pasta station. You'd, you'd pull yeah. the lever and the meatballs would come out. Sure. Yeah. Oh, we should invent this. We should we should plan <laughs> weddings. <laughs> it's our side pasta hustle. Pasta station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's go on. Who do I have? Oh, Sam and Citra. All right. So 
Sam and Citra are leaving the house. Sam's dad is trying to like water the lawn following some possibly supernatural or alien events where he says something was walking on the roof really hard and then jumped off the roof and ran out this way. And then when they got there there the next morning, there were like yellow spots on the grass and Citra is just like, Sam kind of believes it. He's like, I I thought I heard something that light too. And Citra (laughs) is just like, you two people are crazy. Yeah. So the Uber gets there and they get in. So they're going on what turns out to be their like actual first real date. So although not super excited because it's a bar in the middle of nowhere. So once he converts, of course, he's going to have to give up a lot of stuff. So she wants to indulge like one last time. So they ask the bartender when they get there for something fruity and pretty. And she comes back with exactly that. Clearly made with Malibu rum, even though they blurred it out. Always fun when they do that. So she knows she's not supposed to be drinking alcohol, but she'd like to try it once. And she hopes that her dad doesn't find out. Well, too bad you did it on camera then. So then they play pool and it comes complete with the typical guy, like, let me show you, like, pose where he gets behind her and, like, grabs her arms and uh, makes Clayton excited for something that's definitely not going to happen yet until they're married. So then their food comes out and he asks what else he'll have to give up. And besides alcohol, mainly it's pork. So he's worried that although he doesn't drink anymore – Like once you say like, hey, you can't drink, he's going to be like, but now I really want to drink. Now I don't want to do anything. That's kind of his addictive personality. So uh, it doesn't seem like that night got much crazier than that because the next time we see them, they're out of the bar and they're getting into a mosque. So he says the conversion is Friday. They actually haven't left yet. They're talking to dad and his, his dad and his brother and they need to get all their ducks in a row. So his dad, Brian, says he's going to be there, but also thinks that Sam doesn't understand what he's getting into with his conversion since he doesn't actually have any belief in this faith. He just is yep. doing through the motions. So then they try to teach uh, Brian a bit of Indonesian because when he meets Citra's dad, he'd like to be able to greet him. And uh, that went terribly. Um, he couldn't even like repeat back what she said. So, um, But she thinks that he, even the effort's going to make, you know, put, try to not impress, but like get on the good side of her family. So uh, Sam says he's very nervous about converting to Islam because, again, he's worried that old Sam, meaning addict Sam, I think, is going to come back and ruin things. Though things don't start off great at the mosque because the guy, the, one of the congregants that is there tries to do the, you know, assalamu alaikum. And he's like, uh, assalamu alaikum. And he just messes it up and it's a whole bunch of back and forth just to get literally the greeting that I've heard a thousand times from Islam, from Muslims down. So being in the mosque is really bringing home for him the reality of a situation. And they sit to talk uh, – two congregants of the mosque. I guess they must be the ones who are mostly kind of the welcoming committee for new uh, con- con- converts. It's Jawad and Ramadan. So Sam says there's a lot he doesn't know um, about Islam, which is by a lot it seems to mean the entire religion because it seems the only research he's done so far is to Google how do Muslims live – and uh, also tells them that he rediscovered his belief in God. He was an atheist and rediscovered his belief in God during his time with Citra. So Jawad tells him what he'll have to do when he um, when he converts is, you know, he comes into the mosque, he recites the Shahada, and that's more or less it, right? So Jawad said things can be quite difficult in terms of learning new habits and losing old ones for people who convert. So they say that her father is coming and Jawad is like, well, that's good because – we're going to need his approval before you can get married to this guy. <laughs> so the next scene, they're on their way to the airport to pick up the family. So there were some travel issues. So 
There's a hotel involved. One sister and the dad are already there. The other sister's coming into the airport today. So Citra warns that um, Sam probably shouldn't mention right away the missing diversion paperwork and the fact that he might have to go to prison. He's already kind of on thin ice with her dad, Herman, for not being as rich and clean cut as they were expecting. And this might be the last straw. So they get to the airport to pick up her sister, Nafa, which leads to Sam telling us about these sisters, who he's met because he's been to Indonesia. And he says they basically bullied him about his physical insecurities, like harder than anyone in school ever did. So Nafa is confused leaving the Kansas City airport because as they leave the Kansas City airport, which is in the middle of nowhere, it's like, this city seems really small. And he's just like, the city's way over there. <laughs> We're not in the city. Um, so then they take it out to the hotel where dad and the other sister are staying. So Sam is like bracing for the worst, but they knock on the hotel room door and it's all smiles and hugs. So they're gonna, he says he wants to show the whole family around because, and that's good because the hotel is boring. So Herman asks if they're ready for their conversion and wedding. And Sam is saying all the right things, even though he kind of tells us in an interview that he knows he's just kind of bullshitting the guy. Oh my god! And it's really like, but he doesn't mean he's bullshitting and that he doesn't mean what he says. It's like, I'm not even processing what's coming out of my mouth because I'm so yeah. nervous. All I'm doing is is preoccupied with not sound, not being weird or not being an asshole or not, you know, pissing this guy off. All right. So we get to there and like, I don't know, like, when is this guy going to learn anything? I can't imagine converting to a religion that I didn't know. No. And I was going to say, Sam doesn't seem like he's the fastest student either sure so i'm a little worried about him like this is anything like what we think it's gonna be he's gonna have to demonstrate some knowledge right i don't know the way they made it sound is like they you come in there's a book they say read this line and they're like you're a muslim now like oh really that's what that's what they made it sound like yeah like oh isn't like i i think it might be the impression that i got and maybe it goes to it is it kind of works the opposite way that uh, at least I'm used to Catholicism working, right? Or yeah. I think Judaism is is more or less the same way. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know I know more about Catholicism, where it's more like, oh, you can convert, but you're going to need to prove to us that you know and believe all this stuff first, right? Right. And sure. I, I, I get the impression from from what we heard, what we had here, and, and some of the other things we've seen that Islam kind of works the other way. It's like, oh no, we welcome everyone. Come in, come in, come in, and once you come in, now we'll teach you everything you need to know. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting thought because I was going to say, why do Catholics want to put barriers on everything? Right. Like, why are they trying to make it exclusive? Like, if you're truly like uh, evangelical type organization where you're trying to go out and basically like recruit, seems like it'd be much easier to get people in first and try sell them on it later yeah. rather than pass a bunch of tests to then like get accepted. So, but the other thing. So my under my my what I was at least taught about Catholic theology when it comes to that kind of stuff is mm-hmm. that lying about it is the worst sin you can have. If you're going to sit there okay. and say that you're accepting, you know, Jesus Christ as your savior and you're con- yeah. taking his body, you know, and that and you don't believe it, that's like a truly truly mortal sin. Like you it's well, important that yeah. you actually know and you can't truly believe it unless you know, right? Which is why they tend to do and uh, yeah, now are there issues with that? Sure, because we do first communion in like second grade, right? right. And so does any second grader really truly understand what they're agreeing to or stating that they believe when they do their first communion? 
It probably sure. not, right? Well, and then my other thought was, is like, maybe they don't really care about recruiting a bunch of people. They're just <laughs> like, if you believe, you believe. Ah, okay. Yeah. Whereas Muslims might, they might be hurting for numbers and they're like, okay, well, we'll try to recruit everyone. There, there's certainly more Muslims than there are Catholics, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I, mean, I say certainly. It's close. I bet it's close. If you look at all of Christians, there's more Christians than there are Muslims. But mm-hmm. how many Christians are Protestant? And that's that's a different thing. I don't know what that is. Interesting. It just it seems like a broadly different thing. It's just yeah, Catholics are very, very much no, you have to learn all the things. Learn it. Learn the things. Like first. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we haven't seen from Nick and Devin, and we're kind of sure that their story has kind of wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Uh so out of the group you saw this week, who was your student of the week? I said my student of the week was Oh, I don't know. Uh, I said Sam, but I was second guessing that. But I hated most people um, for various yeah. reasons. Um, like Sam is kind of bullshitting her dad about what he's actually yeah. doing. So that's not great. But I feel like it was still less bad than basically everybody else. Yeah, I went with Annalise simply because she ended up posting yeah. and recognizing that that would make Clayton happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it was it was tough this week. Uh, what about your dunce? I said Ashley, right? Um, because yeah. I thought that whole that that I know we need to take your friend to the airport, but let's make him sit in the coffee shop while we go have sex. Oh is gosh, yeah, that's gross. awkward. It's, it's awkward, right? It's awkward. And terrible. The way yeah. that she uh, acu- and, and it it really did bother me the hypocrisy of her being like, I just don't like it when he won't finish conversations, and then when they're in a tough conversation, she's just like. All right, fine. Let's just go bang it out so we can feel happy and not finish this conversation, right? And it's oh like, gosh, yeah, yeah, just hypocritical, hypocritical everywhere, and just like that, just like you said, kind of trying to convince everybody else of stuff she doesn't actually even believe herself. Right. Um, I went with Igor again. Yeah. I know it's the second week in a row, but it's like, yeah, he did good for the swan boat ride and trying to. You know, but it's like, why are you staying in this relationship? You you have recognized that you are not physically attracted to this person. And you are trying to, I don't want to say upset her. Like, I don't know, think he's trying to upset her. But it's like, he is upsetting her by bringing up these things. Like, having it be a double standard with the threesome. And then laughing. You mm-hmm. know, it was just like, ugh, it made me feel so, ugh, when he started laughing at her. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't tell what the laugh was. That that was a little confusing yeah. to me. Was it just like... Maniacal evil laugh, uncomfortable nervous laugh. It or was, was like, it yeah. just like a, um, a um, you know, laugh of they're so culturally different that the idea of uh-huh. it, she wouldn't know why an obviously two girls and a guy is acceptable and two guys and a girl is not. Like, how could you even ask that question? That's so ridiculous, yeah. right? Like it's it, it'd be like to him it sounded like well fine if you want to have two girls and a guy I want to have a guy and a donkey and he'd be like what are you talking about right like I just at the end of the day I just think that this guy is so homophobic that yeah nothing else is working because I think his main concern is am I gay am I gay does this make me gay does this make me gay if I if I does this gay is this gay and then like of course having a second guy in a threesome is definitely gay. So we can't do that. That's that's unacceptable. Just yeah. such internalized yeah. homophobia that it's wild. Right. Okay. What about your life lesson? So mine goes to Annalie and it's, it's like something more touched on. It's like if you want a relationship to continue, 
you have to signal in some way to your partner that's more than just words that you actually want to be in this relationship, right? So yeah. the thing of between that combination of not telling people, you know, not putting it in social media, you know, not being intimate is all that stuff. And I think she realized that in the episode is what I was getting to is that like that was sending the signal that you don't want to be in this relationship. Right, right. Uh, my life lesson is for Rob. Um, I get that his situation is different because he's talking to production. But if you're going to talk shit about people who are within earshot, don't do it unless you're expecting drama. Oh, he was expecting drama. I really think he was. Oh, my like, gosh, this guy. They just don't understand, man. They just don't understand. Never been hard. Never been hard for them, man. Like, yeah, he's ridiculous. He's just such an asshole. Like, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we have uh, the same group, uh, minus Nick and Devin, it seems, uh, happening next week. Uh, We don't see any upcoming weddings, at least on the next episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do have – I mean, we know there's going to be weddings. And that's the thing about this show is I think I would be shocked if – the only one that would surprise me if it didn't happen is uh, Nikki and Igor. I think all the other ones happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just agreed. Be, just because this show we almost never We're not does even it. in like, America yet, so yeah. I don't yeah. see this happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So uh, until next week. All right. See everybody then. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.